Hi, church. It's great to be with you again in your living room or wherever you're sitting. Last week, it was hilarious because I received some pictures from some of our church family, and they took pictures of themselves sitting in their living room watching uh, the screen. And that was a joy to see uh, families coming together in their homes and just loving Jesus the way you do. I'm so proud of Valley Community Church and taking a hold of this season, this time frame, and doing what you're doing. Uh, it's just amazing to see your giftings and, and just who you are. I was talking with a nurse uh, uh, today, and he was sharing with me some of the things of what he was doing, and uh, amazing, amazing. Thank you for being who you are. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for the Word of God. Today, let what I have, what you have given me, be so secure in our hearts. Lord, I thank you for a heart that hears the engrafted word of God. Lord, the openings of our ears are wide open to your truth. And we give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, today, some churches are opening up. Isn't that exciting? Church family and all our guests, I want you to be able to look on the, our webpage and be able to see that we're going to give you a date that we will be opening up. And I want you to recognize that most people are calling it a reopening. I want to call it a reimagining, to where we begin to reimagine who we are as a church at Valley Community Church. And we're going to be able to share that with you and talk to you about that, what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. So uh, look on the webpage uh, by the end of this week, and you will see um, what God is going to do uh, in and through us. We'll turn your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 45, and then also uh, Daniel chapter 4, and we will get to those in a little bit. We've been going through a series on the attributes of God. I entitled the series, God is What? In your life, when asked, God is, and you fill in the blank, my premise is this. What you put in that blank will determine how you will live your life on this earth. The success you will have in his kingdom is who he is in your heart. If you believe God is mean, that will determine how you live and think. If you believe God is a harsh God, that will determine how you live and think in your life. If you believe God is an angry God, that will determine things. We are hearing every week who God is, what God is, and how God is. The first week, we found out that God is a person. The second week, God is good. The third week of this series, God is omni. And in this, the word omni means all. The three omnis are omnipotent or omni omniscient or omnipresent. And we need to understand that the last week that we talked is that we learned something very unique 
that God is justice and God is mercy, and they work together. This week, we want to talk about something that I believe has been taught a little bit off kilter. And we want to talk about God is sovereign. God is sovereign. What does that mean? Well, the thing that we need to understand, I'm going to give you a few things about sovereignty of God. And the first I want to show you is God has supreme authority. Sovereignty, or God is sovereign, means that God has supreme authority. Let's read some scripture. Isaiah 45, verse 5 and 6 says, I am the Lord, and there is no other. There is no God beside me. I will gird you, though you have not known me, that they may know from the rising of the sun to its setting that there is none besides me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. Verse 12 says, I have made the earth and created man on it. I, my hands, stretch out the heavens, and all their host I have commanded. In Isaiah 45, verse 18, Excuse me, it says, For thus says the Lord, who created the heavens, who is God, who formed the earth and made it, who has established it, who did not create it in vain, who formed it to be inhabited, I am the Lord, and there is no other. And look at verse 22. Look to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth, for I am God, and there is no other. Sovereign. What does that mean? What does that mean that God is sovereign? See, I think you're beginning to pick up on what he's trying to tell us. In Isaiah 46, verse 9 and 10, he says, Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and here it is again, there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things that are not yet done saying, my counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. Every time he declares, I am God, and there is no other, he is declaring his sovereignty. He is declaring, I am the supreme authority of the universe. Oh, church, we're hearing all the the opinions, and all the thoughts of man during this time frame. But I want to tell you what really matters most is that God is a sovereign God. He says, I am the supreme authority of the universe. I created it. My own hands formed it. I am God. See, the word sovereign comes from the Latin word superness, superness. And it means super or supreme. So here's a difference between supreme and sovereign. Supreme means, listen closely to this, one who possesses the highest authority. But sovereign means one who possesses the highest authority and answers to no one. Oh, church, what's going on in your life? What's happening? What have people said? Did you know that God is supreme authority? 
and he answers to no one? There is no governing body, there is no government, there is no authority that checks up on God. And what we need to recognize, this is so important, you get this, God only answers to himself, praise the Lord, and does not derive his right to rule by anyone or anything. If all creation would rebel against God, watch this, it would not affect his authority one bit. If all of creation rebelled, he still would be supreme authority. We'll make a statement now regarding the sovereignty. What God decrees is final. What God promises is final. What God says in Scripture is the final, absolute edict. God does what is right. God does what is best and what is highest always. And ask no one what they think. On this earth, we set up governments that are anti-sovereign, not anti-God. I, I, it bothers me when, when people begin to talk in a, in a sense of that government, we don't need government. God says, I'm the one that appoints these folks. This is what I'm saying. We don't want a person of absolute supreme authority and not answer to anyone in government. In the United States, our ruling authorities have checks and balances. The world is trying to copy it, and we established our Constitution on the Word of God. Men need to be checked upon because many become corrupt with power. Our founding fathers based it on Scripture. They based it on the truth that God is the final supreme authority. We need laws. We need policemen, and we also need those that will do the right thing. Pray for our policemen. Pastors need church councils. Mankind needs an outside governing body. God doesn't because God governs himself. Some rulers in our world think they have sovereign power. They don't. Every man can be overthrown. Every government can be dethroned. God is the only one that is sovereign who has absolute supreme authority and answers to no one. And when you are in your prayer closet and when you are hearing bad news or even good news, you need to realize that if you submit that to the, the supreme authority, you will experience something very dramatic and very good. You know, <laughs> some husbands think they have sovereign authority, but that usually doesn't last very long. Husbands and wives work together. God is completely, totally self-sufficient and is perfectly independent. God does what he pleases, only as he pleases, and always as he pleases. Sometimes God becomes to some people 
their little robot. If we didn't know God was good, that God was kind and benevolent, patient and just and truth, then we might be worried he had no one to check on him. But we don't have to worry because God, he is good. He is justice. He is mercy. He is truthful. And he is truth. So what I'm saying to you, and what I'm saying especially to me, God cannot do anything wrong because he is perfect, completely sovereign. Hear now what I'm about to say. No one and no thing can hinder God. No one and no thing can compel him or stop him. But listen closely. Except God in his sovereignty has ordained one thing moves him. You know what that one thing that moves God? The cries of his creation. You, me. God is moved when we cry out in his word. See, prayer, crying out to God, repenting, coming to God, asking him, moves the hand of God. We have the highest privilege, and that is prayer. And you know, sad to say, we don't use it many times. And even when we do, we're not thinking that we're praying to this supreme authority. God says, if you ask me anything in Jesus' name, according to my will, I'll do it. And he's saying, I'm waiting for you to ask me. But I'm telling you, and I'm trying to help you, when you ask, see him as the sovereign God who's perfect and complete. I'm I am absolutely a believer in what Scripture says to pray for our government and those in authority. But you know, when I do that, that's not my peace. That's not where I get my peace. My peace comes from that above our government is the absolute sovereign God and ruler of the universe and beyond. So God has supreme authority. Well, here's the second thing regarding God's sovereignty. God has supreme authority to fulfill his plan. Notice, to fulfill his plan. God has an overall plan guiding it throughout all of history. Despite what mankind does and the choices they make, despite the free will of man, God is still completely in control. It amazes me how I hear so many times people say, you know, the world's out of control and, and I don't know, what, why is God allowing to do, people to do this? Well, I want to tell you, God is always in control. Even when mankind makes the wrong choices, God can turn around what was meant for evil and turn it around for good. Sounds like scripture to me. Let me show you a great illustration how God is in absolute control and no matter what men do. There's a story in the book of Daniel, chapter 4, 
And in the background of, of Daniel chapter 4, God had told Israel to let the land rest or Sabbath every seven years. You know what Israel did? Israel thought they had a better idea. They were going to work because they were prospering. God was prospering them. But Israel went 490 years not letting the land rest or have a Sabbath every seven years. For a total of 70 times when the land was to rest, they didn't do it. So watch what God does. God is in complete control regarding his plan. God raised up a king. His name is Nebuchadnezzar. And God made him so powerful that he would take Israel captive out of their land. And the story goes, in the end, is that Israel was in captivity for how many years? Seventy years. Why did that happen? To let the land rest. That was God's plan. Nebuchadnezzar was so powerful, God made him so powerful, no other nation even considered overtaking the empty land for 70 years. There is a scripture that says in 2 Chronicles 36, to fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah until the land had enjoyed her Sabbath, as long as she lay desolate, she kept Sabbath to fulfill 70 years. Wow. In the midst of the 70 years, for seven years, something happened to Nebuchadnezzar. Why is that? Did you know that sometimes people in authority get, and I'm going to use a term, get a little cocky? In Daniel 4, verse 29, it begins to say this. At the end of the 12 months, he was walking about the royal palace of Babylon. The king spoke, saying, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for a royal dwelling by my mighty power and for the honor of my majesty? (laughs) While the word, watch this, God's plans, while the word was still in the king's mouth, a voice fell from heaven. King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken, the kingdom has departed from you. And they shall drive you from men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. They shall make you eat grass like oxen, and seven times shall pass over you until you know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever he chooses. Psalm 75 says God promotes and God sets down. Verse 33, look what it said here. That very hour, the word was fulfilled concerning Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from men and ate grass like oxen. His body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hair had grown like eagle's feathers and his nails like bird's claws. And at the end of the time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven and my understanding returned to me and I blessed the Most High and praised and honored him who lives forever, for his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. God is sovereign, and his plans will always take place. Daniel 4, verse 35. We're speaking about the sovereignty of God. 
All the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. He does according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. No one can restrain his hand or say to him, what have you done? At the same time, my reason returned to me, and for the glory of my kingdom, my honor and splendor returned to me. My counselors and nobles reported, resorted to me. I was restored to my kingdom, and excellent majesty was added to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven, all of whose works are truth and his ways are justice. And those who walk in pride, he is able to put down. God raises him up in his overall plan. But for seven years, Nebuchadnezzar eats grass like animals. And I'm just going to say it, it becomes completely crazy. God restores him. But even for those seven years, no one still tried to take the land. I want you to understand that. Can you imagine the land full of milk and honey? Can you imagine the blessings, the prosperity of the land? And no one went after the land. God's plan came to pass that the land was going to Sabbath. Nebuchadnezzar's son began to say something how great he is as a king. Remember in that story, a hand appears and begins to write on the wall. They bring Daniel in, and he explains, you got prideful like your dad and didn't humble yourself. God will take the kingdom from you that very hour. Oh, man, this seems like so extreme. But that very hour, he died. God raises up another king, and his name is Cyrus of Mede. And he takes over Babylon. <laughs> he takes it over exactly the 70th year since Israel was in captivity. He finds out the stories, and he finds out about Daniel, and he asks Daniel to teach him of Daniel's God. Daniel pulls the scripture out and re reads Isaiah 44, and that was written 140 years before this reading by Daniel. Isaiah wrote the verse. Isaiah 44, 28 speaks of Cyrus the king. Who says of Cyrus, verse 28, he is my shepherd and he shall perform all my pleasure saying to Jerusalem, you shall be built and to the temple your foundation shall be laid. Cyrus got so excited that God had chosen him. This sovereign God in his plan is that God's plans will always come to pass, God's bidding, so Cyrus sends them home with all the gold and silver, and Israel rebuilds. God has supreme authority to fulfill his plan. God has a plan for you. So you're just not floating in this life. Your life story is secure. But you have to see the supreme authority, God, who his plans will take place. His words are truth. His words are truth. What he says in his word is his plan to do the work of God. Proverbs 21.1 says, The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Like the rivers of water, he turns it wherever he wishes. 
Sometimes we look at the world and we see all the chaos of the world. God's in control. God's plans will take place. But he needs you to believe that. Superman had his kryptonite. Samson, Samson feared the razor. God fears no one and no thing. God has no kryptonite. You can't take God's power away. Matter of fact, you can't even cut his hair because God's plan will prevail. Psalm 2, verse 1 through 4 says this, Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. Hmm. Can we not see a little bit of that in today's day? God's plans will come to pass. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall hold them in derision. In other words, they will get into confusion. Sit back and watch. Be be a prayer warrior. Be someone that contends with the word of God. Uh, Pray in the spirit. Get in the word of God. Get involved in journaling. Get involved with the men on Zoom. and get, Just get involved with the ladies. All the things that we are doing, and we're going to open up soon. But the bottom line is, get involved and be a part of this because you're going to be a part of that remnant. You're going to be a part of that group of people that when all this is over with is going to rise up with God because God's plans are going to take place. And anybody that came against God or his church is going to fall into derision and confusion. I promise you that because God is sovereign. People plot to destroy you, destroy the church, but break the cords and watch the Lord laugh. Here's the third thing, and I want you really to get this. Grab hold of this. Get closer to the TV. Get closer to your screen. God has a supreme plan for my life, for your life. God loves you. God is absolutely wanting you to understand that he's supreme authority. There's no other God. He is the God that all of his plans take place. And then he loves you so much. He's got an intimate, personal plan for you. Hmm. Church, make this supreme plan personal. See, a lot of times, it's personal for God. But it's personal for him, and sometimes it's because we don't understand who he really is. God is what? And we kind of run around trying to figure out what God's going to do. I'll tell you what God's going to do. He's already given you that plan. He's already told you what he's going to do. And if you understand that, he's going to provide everything that is needed for you to accomplish that in his kingdom. Terrorism, a virus, has no authority over God's plan for you because your God is sovereign, supreme authority. Jeremiah 29, 11, our favorite verses. 
For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. But that, verse 11 follows verse 10. I don't know if you knew that. Verse 10 says, For thus says the Lord, after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word towards you and cause you to return to this place. Whatever this virus, whatever the enemy has taken from you, God will cause in his plan for you, for you to return right in the middle of the plan that he gave you. He will fulfill it. But you've got to believe that. Get on your face before God. In God's overall plan, it is personal to him regarding you. Because a sovereign, supreme God is intimate, giving you his covering and plan for you. Verse 10 is the overall plan. Verse 11 is his personal plan for you. When you read those verses again, God's overall plan and God's intimate plan, personal plan for you. Hmm. Did you know he has the exact plan where you are to live? He has the exact job for you. He has the exact church, valley, for you to go to. He has that mission trip you are to take. God has a purpose and a plan and a future filled with hope for you. And it's personal with a, I'm going to say it, with a great plan. When you walk in God's plan with your family, Exodus 34, verse 23 and 24 says, God will protect the plan. Romans 8, 28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. His plans always take place, and he's got an individual personal plan for you. How many times has God protected you? I've told this story quite a while ago. It's a story when I was in Bible college, and, and I worked for a, a company called Courier Express, and I would deliver things to banks and all kinds of companies. And I work at night, and about 11 o'clock at night, I'd, I'd be walking home, and, and uh, one evening I was walking home, and a guy asked me for money, and I'm a Bible college student. I don't have any money for you. And uh, he says, no, I want your money. And he started like this. He put his hand in his pocket, and bottom line, he was trying to scare me. <laughs> he did. He scared me. But I had, from the time I left work, when I'd walk to the dorms, is I would pray in the Spirit. And just as he, he reached out with the hand out of his pocket, all of a sudden he just froze. I mean, literally froze. I stopped and I, I looked and, and the guy was stiff as a board. And he was just looking like this. And, you know, so my fleeting thought was, now I can get him. <laughs> but um, my spirit got told me, get smart, and I took off running. I did. I took off running. Not that, you know, I'm, I'm wimpy. Someone might look that way. <laughs> but I wasn't. I was hearing the voice of God. He was protecting his plan for me. 
I don't know what was in that guy's brain. I don't know what was in his heart to do. But God was watching over his plan for my life. And somehow the guy just froze. So I took off running. And I ran and ran and ran. Back then I was in really good shape. And I ran and ran just as I was turning the corner to get over towards the dorms. I looked back, and it was a long ways away. He was still standing there in the same place. I don't know how long he stood there. Matter of fact, I don't care. I just thank God that God is so personal with me that in that little event, God protected his plan and his plan for me. God's sovereignty. His plans for you are personal to him. And no one can overcome that plan. Some of you today have seen a big bump in a road. Some of you are seeing a wall because of the virus, all the fear at work and all the different things, maybe less money, whatever it is that has taken place. I want you to understand, don't look at it as God, where are you? I want you to see God's right there. He is of supreme authority. His plans will always take place. Why does he let this happen? There's an enemy out there. He's given you and me authority to take his word in Jesus' name and contend for the things of God. But I promise you, when you see your God the way I just explained, sovereignty, a sovereign God, supreme authority, your life will always be turned around to what God desires. Why? Because God is what? He is sovereign. I love you. I pray for you daily. I walk through the sanctuary constantly, praying for every one of you, touching every pew. Let me say this to you. We've had a lot of people, staff, volunteers come in, sanitizing every chair, every toy, everything that, that is around here. They've been painting, they've been fixing, they've been just preparing. We are ready. We're sending out information next week, and we're going to allow the, the health department to give us the okay to open up. Once that happens, we're going to give you the information on www.myvcc.org. And you watch, and we'll explain it to you. And I tell you, God's plans, whatever the story is, God's plans will take place. Whatever the story is in your life right now, God will protect what he planned for you. Trust in him. Love him. Worship Get on daily praise and worship him. Let's pray. Father, thank you for salvation. Thank you for healing. Thank you for protection. For those that are in the hospital, in Jesus' name, walk out of that hospital and be healed. I thank you, Father, that uh, just the pressures that are here, the pressures of 
not being able to go to work in Jesus' name. I proclaim a blessing over our minds and our hearts that the joy of the Lord will just overwhelm us. And I give you praise for that. Thank you, Father, for my brothers and sisters. Thank you, Lord, for all the guests all over the world. In Jesus' name, blessings upon blessings in their home. Amen. Have a great day.